Hello, Defender Nation. I'm David Westfall, Assistant Professor of Theology, and it's a pleasure to be opening God's Word with you today. Our history books are full of big names, people with a lot of power and influence and who used their power and influence at a certain moment in history to influence their generation and make an impact. Names like Julius Caesar and Queen Victoria and Abraham Lincoln and Margaret Thatcher. There's nothing wrong with a big name or with the power and authority that comes with it. And the Bible's really no exception. It has plenty of big names of its own. Think of kings like David and Solomon and prophets like Elijah and Elisha, priests like Aaron and Ezra. But again and again throughout the story of Scripture, God takes delight in using nobodies to accomplish his purposes. And very often these people will show up in the pages of Scripture and then disappear and we never hear from them again. One of my favorite examples of this is in the book of Exodus, right at the beginning in chapter 1. This is beginning in verse 15. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Two things to notice as we look at this story. The first thing is, notice who is named and who is not named. Nowhere in this story are we told who the king of Egypt is, and Pharaoh is not a name, it's a title. In fact, nowhere in the entire book of Exodus or even in all of scripture are we told who was ruling Egypt at the time of the Exodus. On the other hand, we do get the names of these two obscure women, these midwives in their community and mere slaves in the eyes of the Egyptians. And this is meant to make us stop and wonder and take notice. The king of Egypt, someone who was worshiped by his people as a god, as the embodiment of the god Horus in life and then the embodiment of the god Osiris in death, he fades into historical obscurity while these two obscure women are elevated to a place of eternal renown in the story of God's people. This turns our normal way of telling history on its head. But the biblical writers aren't ultimately interested in who was on the throne of Egypt when the Exodus happened. Rather, they're interested in the one who was and forever is on the throne of the universe. And they're interested in the people who serve him no matter how insignificant they might seem. The second thing to notice is the main thing that the narrator says about these two women. It gets repeated in verse 21. The midwives feared God, and that's why they disobeyed the king of Egypt. And because they feared God, God gave them families. It's an interesting description, because in the actual story, the midwives come across as being totally fearless. Not only do they disobey the unjust command 
of the highest earthly authority they know. But when they're called to account for it and explain themselves, they actually explain themselves with a thinly veiled jibe at Pharaoh's own people. But the author makes it clear that the reason for this fearlessness at the earthly level is because of a higher fear. It's because of their allegiance to the one over whom Pharaoh has no power. Scripture tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in the actions of these two midwives, we see a wisdom that to human eyes looks like complete foolishness. Human wisdom is about protecting ourselves, about saving ourselves, and trying to preserve our own safety and security. It's a wisdom that's driven by earthly fear, the fear of weakness, the fear of pain, the fear of loss, ultimately the fear of our own mortality. That's the so-called wisdom that drives Pharaoh and the Egyptians to enslave the Israelites. And it's the wisdom that has written some of the darkest chapters in human history. But the wisdom that these midwives show us, the wisdom that fears God above all else and obeys him even at great cost, that's the true wisdom that God honors and exalts in the history of his people. God's history ultimately exalts the faith and the obedience of God-fearing nobodies. We live in a world and in a society that continually plays on our fears. It's in our public discourse, it's in all our headlines, and it quickly works its way into the deepest places in our hearts. The fear of weakness, the fear of pain, the fear of loss, the fear of being left behind and forgotten. But this story shows us, this gem in scripture shows us that God's kingdom forgets no one. And in fact, it favors the small.